Winning in the Workplace. The show focused on taking your business to the next level. Featuring expert business consultant and trainer Maurice Velasquez of Team Real World, along with 2013 Louisiana Broadcaster of the Year, Gordy Rush. This is Winning in the Workplace. Hello, everybody. This is Maurice, and today Gordy is away, so I have the microphone here at the studio here to myself with uh, uh, two two great producers, Madison and Nathan. So you guys want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. All right, so uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, and, yes, this show is about how to help your business get to the next level. And so today what we're going to cover is the most critical element, and that is sales. All right, uh, the hardest part of any company is to make sure that we're selling and make sure that we have lots of proposals out to make sure that we have a lot of activity so that there are as few seasons as possible of drought, meaning that uh, you don't get to a point where all of a sudden we need sales and there hasn't been the level of phone calls. There hasn't been the amount of phone calls. There hasn't been the amount of proposals put out there to all of a sudden now we're all worried or all frustrated because now we got to go shake the trees. And so it's what we want to do as business owners is not create artificial droughts. Um, those things, those droughts normally happen in all types of industries because of the different yearly annual cycles. For example, in the coaching and consulting world, the drought is very real because there are cycles within the consulting and in the coaching business. And that usually happens towards the latter part of the year. Every time that August comes around, all of a sudden everybody starts worrying about everything else other than coaching, consulting, and training. So therefore, that is not the time to, to think that you know you got you can easily go find business. If you haven't, in the, in the consulting world, if you haven't done the legwork of incredible proposals and a large volume of activity in the beginning of the year, the last part of the year is going to be tight. So therefore, in your industry of business owners and managers, you have to first of all know your, your seasonal dr- uh, periods of drought so that you can prepare accordingly. So the way to avoid stepping into those is making sure that your sales reps are all fully engaged throughout the year so they understand your droughts and they're creating the level of activity, which activity, which boils down to this, okay, is are you hiring the kind of people that can help you create that level of activity? So the number one uh, question you have to ask yourself in order to increase sales is, am I hiring the right person? Okay, we're going to talk about that here in this segment with a lot more detail. The second thing you want to ask yourself is when you find the right person, the right people to join your sales team, are you training them effectively enough and sufficiently well in the first two to three weeks of their employment so they can create the level of activity that becomes consistent through their life of their employment with you? What normally happens is companies hire sales rep and they put them out in the field way too fast or they have them start making phone calls way too fast uh, or if or they have them create activity when they're not prepared okay so what I want to encourage uh, all business owners and sales managers is to think of these two things I've mentioned so far first are you hiring the right person and secondly are you training them properly in the first two to three weeks so that they learn certain disciplines and habits that would make for good, consistent activity after that. If you can do that the first month, 
okay, the first two to three weeks of that month, then you'll send the right signals to those to those new sales reps, to those new employees that, okay, this is the way they want me to work. This is the way the cycles work here. And that way you're not battling their um, their lack of organization three months later, and now you're stuck with the sales rep that has gotten bad habits. Okay. All right. So let's back up a little bit and let's dissect this in a lot more in a lot more uh Well it, so Maurice, what yeah, are sure. some characteristics when looking for a sales rep? What hey. are some char- characteristics that you have to have to have that can't be trained? All right. Very good I love the way you put that. What are some characteristics that they want that they have to have that you don't want to train them? Right. It, it, you might be able to train them in this, but the point is you don't want to have to train them on some things. They have to bring some things to the table so you can hit the ground running better, right? Yeah. Okay, so great question. All right, so um, here's the three things that I look for and that I teach all clients to do, okay, is to look for people that show clear signs of three things. That they're hungry. You guys know because we, we cover those here. Oh, yeah. We read that book, didn't we? <laughs> All right. What book, what, what book am ideal I talking about? Ideal Team Player. Yeah, Ideal Team Player. All right. So I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to let you tell me what those three are. Madison, what are they? Humble, hungry. Oh, God. I forgot. Smart. The, smart. What yeah. kind of What kind of smart? Uh, people smart. People smart. Yeah. Good. You guys passed the test. All right. So listen, everybody. Why Why does Nathan and, and Madison know about this? Not because they have a prep document that I gave them their bullet talking points. Why, Madison? I mean, what was the requirement here? We had to read the book. Okay, and, you why? know, And then do a self-evaluation to see where we fit into those categories. And have your supervisors met with you guys yep. about where you are personally on how hungry you are, how humble you are, and how good your people skills are. Yeah, and the good thing about it is we identified, you know, not only strengths but also weaknesses, where to come in and where do, what do we need to work on. Okay, Nathan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We went through the whole making sure that uh, we kind of have goals clearly lined out so that everyone isn't just so kind of— So imagine yeah, right. a sales rep coming in and from the get-go, you know, in their final interview right before you hire them, you tell them, you're going to read this book. What would that do? What What did it do to you guys, and what would that do to a new person coming in knowing that, oh, this is what's required of me? Well, it seems rare that you know exactly where an executive's head is, so it's nice it, that it, that lays it out. Exactly right. So so you, you interview folks, and I appreciate you guys. You guys could cover this segment all by yourselves. <laughs> you guys are masters at this because you guys have gone through it, okay? Has it helped? Yeah. I, I think it definitely helps, you know, at least here at Guarantee because there has been disorganization, and I think this put the book helped us put things in order. Yeah. find out where do we actually need to be working on. You know, we thought maybe this was a problem when it's not a problem at all. Right, It's right. just misdirected. Yeah, and see, the thing I want to clarify or adjust, it's not, you guys haven't been having disorganization. You guys have been having speed. In other words, you guys have been moving so fast. Yeah. That it's necessary to say, okay, let's regroup, all right? So the three things uh, that, that, uh, that you, you got to find people that are hungry, meaning that they have energy, okay? Not the same energy, but th- that they have an interest in being proactive to do the activities they need to do without being prodded all the time. And they want to be here. And they want to be there. So they're hungry to get up in the morning and and, and push, okay? Uh, the second thing is to be humble. And we how we have defined that is that they got to be coachable. They got to be coachable to learn from each other, coachable to learn from, from the, uh, one another, to be humble in how they talk to each other, 
and in sales, it applies that you got to be humble enough to learn about the products, the pricing, the process, and not come in with a, hey, I'm an experienced salesperson. I know what I'm doing. No, you actually were looking for a job because something happened. So you got to be humble enough to come and learn it our way and then find, you know, where to match the difference. Right? Yeah. And kind of to touch on that, um, obviously, my dad, James Gilmore, he works on our sister station, uh, the Tiger. He came in. I think it was his second time around here. Gordy wanted him to sell LSU. Right. He didn't know. He's an Alabama fan. Right. He didn't know anything about LSU. Gordy was just like, look, you're going to come with me. You're going to work with me. I think up to a month or something. Right, right. And he just went on every single sales call. Yeah. And then I believe he became one of the top, if not the top seller of That's LSU right. just by working just, and being able to be coached. And being open to be yeah. coached because the business knows what it knows and it needs new blood to come in and figure out what, come see what the company doesn't exactly. see. Exactly. Okay. So there's the, got to be this humble aspect of learning from each other. So a sales trip needs to come in and say, all right, what works, what doesn't work, educate me, teach me. I'm, 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 I need to be open. Okay. Yeah. But if you find it, if you have sales reps that have had great amount of experience and they come in with an, I know it, I know it, I know it, that's going to make the sales manager want to put you out and make phone calls. You know, and let's say six weeks later, your numbers aren't what they are. Your sales rep, your sales manager is going to go, oh, what's going on? Well, you never really spent the time in the front end to make sure there was a connection, you know. Uh, in, in the ideal team player, they talk about how some conversations they have with some sales candidates, they're like red flags that are right. raised. Very good. For, right. for an executive who's probably new at hiring sales reps, what are some like practical red flags they should keep a lookout for in conversations that someone who might not be a good fit? Someone might not be a good fit is the two extremes of, yeah, yeah, I know that, okay? Yeah. And the other extreme is the one that, okay, yeah, yeah, oh, I see, to where it's like, wait, you, you're acting like you don't know anything. And the, the, those extremes are very are, are going to be very draining. Um, uh, it, what's interesting is that I find more of the first scenario a lot. I, I just interviewed about about three weeks ago a gentleman who was used to making, and, and it has a track record of making over $150,000 in commissions. So imagine how much business he sells. Wow. And incredible, right? And the company that we're hiring him for was able to offer him that kind of money and that kind of sales package, okay? But he had such a overly confident view of himself that I thought he is never going to sit and learn from the executives and the existing sales managers what he needs to learn because he's got too much of himself in there. And he doesn't have enough room in his head to allow others to teach him. So that's what you got. That's a huge red flag. So the three things you look for are what? Humble, okay, hungry, and people skills. And I know we're finishing up. For people skills, the things you want to look for is they got to be pleasant in conversation. They have to know how to adjust to the different personalities, okay? They have to know how to ask tough questions. And, ready, they have to be good coordinators, of, of different activity. They got to be good at time management and at coordinating things. So if you found the right person, uh, like first day on the job, this like one week boot camp type of thing, what is, where, where you hit the ground running with what? Yeah. So I like the way you called it. It's, it's a one week boot camp. Uh, the, the concept is this, is that is that you have a, a, a sales candidate who just came in they, they have a lot of aspiration. You saw a lot of hope in them, and you don't want le to let that energy die. You want to tap into that energy 
and get, get in the habit of tapping into that energy on a regular basis. What happens mostly is it's disorganized, it's not structured, there's no real clear direction, and within a matter of weeks, very quickly, that, that sales rep, two things happen to them. They get discouraged, okay, uh, and they start picking up the bad habits that you are trying to in- improve. So so they pick up the habits of other sales reps, and then eventually it, it kind of falls apart what, and they, they don't perform as well as they should. What does that look like, those bad habits, when you see them leaking? Um, um, not enough phone calls. Not enough activities, not enough uh, direction as to uh, 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 who to call, when to call them, where's my material, what, what, I don't have the right information, uh, I, I, how can I get into the CRM, the software that tells me who's got what accounts, what are my accounts, am I stepping on people's accounts? So basically, they go into panic mode. Well, eventually kind they of. do. Yeah. Yes, yes. Soon they start going to panic mode because the only way that I'm going to make money is if I'm calling on people. All right, so are you guys going to give me a list? Do I generate a list? Okay, I'll generate my own list, and then I start making my own list, and then someone tells me, well, that's my client. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you, yeah, but I already have a meeting set up with them. It's just, but I've been working that client for, for months. Yeah, but my uncle is the vice president of that bank. Yeah, but I've been calling on him for six weeks or for six months. I didn't know that. Okay, well, no, you can't call on them. Okay, well, let me check with the sales manager. And the sales manager says, well, yeah, they have been calling them, and so you can't call them. And you go, what? Or better yet, they they are giving that account, and you have another sales rep that's not mad at you. So I have a colleague that's now very upset because there's no account management. And and the accounts aren't putting – they're not putting in what's called a CRM, a, a management software that tells you – who has what accounts and which ones are the accounts that I can go 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 chase? So how what does it look like channeling that energy that you're talking about before they reach this panic crisis mode? Well, first of all, to realize is that is that there's an order there, 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 there's a there's a there's steps to take, and the first step is you channel their energy into uh, into mass. The first week is mastering the product. Okay, and here's what I here. Whenever I help clients and sales reps become really good at this, is the first week they don't touch the phone, they don't make phone calls, they don't go out it. What they what we do is we make sure we give them the product documents. That we get, we print out the necessary documents from the website. We give them the documents that uh, what are called sales guides. In other words, if you if your company offers seven products, well, here and you at, at, at Guarantee Group. If there were if they were working here, they would be given the different uh, the different spots the, the different inventory spots of where they can sell. You know, this DJ does this, this radio show does that, and they have to be able by the end of the week be able to tell you about all the shows that we offer. And and so if you hire a sales rep, they start on Monday. By the end of the day Tuesday, they should have all the names of all the radio shows. What time they're on? What time they're on? How much do you charge for each spot? And it's like they have to memorize it. Okay, they have to memorize all that data. One of my one of my most uh, uh, one of the most demanding ones was a, um, a job that I, that I got hired to, and they had over thirty six products. Okay, and the sales manager basically said, "You got three days to learn this." And I said, "Okay, but where's my? I need some paperwork." And he had the paperwork. And he said, here's one sheet for this document. Here's the questions to ask. Here's the price list. Here's how you sell it. So, and he tested me at the end of three days. But I knew I was going to be tested at the end of three days. So what did I do? Memorize the list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I sounded as canned as, as canned could be. I sounded fake, but I knew my material. And he always told me, I don't care what you sound at like at the end of three days. I'll work on that. I need you to get the data into your head. I can't have you confuse this product with this product. I need you to know that these eight products fall into this category. These four products fall into this category. And the relationship between this product and this product is this. You, you see what I'm saying? Just now, isn't that going to sound weird to a lot of people training their new sales reps to not touch the phone for a week? Exactly. That, that, that's right. But okay. what, what, what do you tell them? Like, why should they not do that? Because that's going to be hard. Because you're going to misrepresent the company. You're going to create confusion. And all that activity is probably going to go nowhere because you're not creating clarity for the client when you call them. Okay. So let's say I make a phone call. Let's say I said the second, second day on the job. I could make a bunch of phone calls and I get a meeting. What am I going to talk to them about? Yeah, I guess they won't know. Or if I do go talk to them because I have the gift of gab, am I telling them the right information? I get all excited. I put a proposal together only to come back, show it to my sales manager, and my sales manager says, well, no, 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 that's not the right pricing. No, 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 wait, wait, hold on. That's You can't do that. No, you see the, you see, you see what I'm saying? And, and then they're saying, well, why didn't anybody tell me? Right. You know, it says, well, I'm sorry, I've already quoted that. Okay, but but why? Well, because I found on the on the in, on the network this and this price list and this sort. You see, so you can't really just get them to take all that energy and go out there without being prepared. So you want to let them learn and understand the message, the mission, the vision, the values, the 20 second elevator speeches for the different products. Understand what the product list is about. Understand how to ask the right questions to generate the, the kind of interest from the client and the prospects. Well, after they've soaked up all of that information, where do you take them then so that they can go out and start selling? Uh, at the end of the week, they have to do, at the end of the first week, they have to do an eight minute presentation in front of the owners, the sales managers, some of their peers, and they have to present the company uh, flawlessly for eight minutes. They're going to be in front of the president of the company before eight days? Of uh, no, before five days. Oh, my goodness. Actually, it's really by, by the end of Wednesday, you should be able to take that rep and go do show him in front of the owner or some of the sales managers and say, look how much he's progressed. And you should be able to do it at three minute. It's going to be they're gonna, it's going to be messy. You know, and they'll laugh. I don't go. Okay, dude, you got two. You got two more days to shape it up. You're up on two minutes, and, and we, you know what I'm saying. And but it's a collaborative thing. It's not a. It's not a. It, it, it's a collaborative team. Everyone knows that this new sales rep is learning the material. Yeah. So uh, touching on that, you know, you say it. It's at the end of the week. How much leeway do you give? I know you want them to be perfect. You want. Ah, them you to, want you them know, to be confident. Well. Yeah. Yeah, but to, you know, to have a set standard. But maybe throughout the week, it's not perfect by the end of the week, but you see that they're really trying. They're oh, really getting into this. Without a doubt. It's, you're going you're you're to definitely absolutely, keep Absolutely, because what you're looking for is hunger. Remember? Yeah. And what you're looking for is humility. Okay? And what you're also looking for is if they botch that eight-minute presentation and they got the people's skills to rescue themselves, that's what you want. But if you don't see hunger, humility, and everything, and even though they messed up, it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, why would you want to get rid of them? If you see effort, humility, they gave it all, and they scored probably a seventy percent out of a hundred on that. On that, you know, you keep them. But if they if they don't learn the materials, they don't show the willingness, and you can tell that they just don't come ready and they don't care. Well, that's what you want to weed out. They might have been really good at selling themselves at the interview level. But what you want to do in that first week is do a high-pressure activity because if they're sales reps, they're good at selling themselves on the spot. So they could have very well convinced you on the interview. 
Well, yeah, but do you have the activity and the humility to come and perform with us quickly under a consistent level of pressure? So the first week is more about seeing what they're made of, not turning them into the perfect sales rep in seven days. Exactly, because you want to be able to make sure it's a good fit while at the same time you're giving them the right information so that when they do call the client, they're calling on the right accounts, they're saying the right thing, they're arousing the good, in, the correct interest, and when they set up the meetings, they bring their sales manager with them. That sales manager, by the third week, just the third week, he'll be, he or she will be shocked that, oh, wow, this was set up properly. And it's a whole lot easier for the sales manager to help close those deals because the first week they learn the product, the second week they spend time making phone calls like crazy. The second week becomes more like get on the phones, Call your friends and families, set up as many meetings as you can, and let's see if you're able to do that. What I'm shocked about is new sales reps, they come in, and by the six weeks, they haven't been able to set up meetings because they haven't called their friends, their colleagues, they haven't gone to their banker, they haven't called their accountant, they haven't told the whole world they have a new job, and they haven't set up meetings with them. And yet they're trying to cold call people with strangers, and you wonder why, because they're not using their network of people. So okay. after, at the end of that one week, we've got uh, like an eight-minute speech. Is that all that they have? Do they no, have anything no, else? No, no, no. I appreciate you asking. Okay, what, what, what we come out of that is really, is really the most effective tool is a 20-second elevator speech. The eight-minute speech, they're almost probably never going to use it, but they know how to, okay? The 20-second elevator speech, oh, I wish I could, well, we'll talk about that later. But the 20-second elevator speech is powerful. It's a one uh one 20-second elevator speech for every product. And in that 20-second, you should be able to say something to the client about your product, your service, and what you do that makes the prospect want to go, want to say, ooh, that's interesting. Really? And there you go. And then you ask for the meeting. So if you can start conversations, leave voice messages, initiate discussion in 20-second elevator speeches, arouse interest, and then set up the meeting, that is your that's your secret sauce right there. Your sales reps can learn to do that within the first two weeks, undoubtedly, if you set it up correctly. Maurice Velasquez has stepped out. We've got Spencer Lachalet here, who's been training with Maurice Velasquez for the last few months. Spencer, Maurice told us about eight-minute speeches. He told us about 20-second elevator speeches. It sounds like a type of boot camp that you go through in training. How much of that is really as intense as he made it sound? You know, you don't really think about it uh, whenever you first get into it. Uh, When I first got hired, Maurice said, look, you're going to go through some training, and it's going to be a boot camp, and you're going to... You're not going to expect it. It's going to hit you like a wall of bricks. And and it did. Uh, the first week, we took on, um, as, as he said, that eight-minute eight, eight speech, um, as well as the 20-second elevator speech. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he wanted me to be moldable, you know. Um, he wanted me to show him that I could take the material, um, learn it as quickly as possible, and be found. Because that that's everything. You want to know your product. You want to know what you're selling. Um, and be able to present it to your client in a way that, you know, you represent the company well and, and you get them interested. So, so an, uh, an eight-minute speech, is this a, w- a way to hold a conversation with a potential client or is this you on your own talking for eight minutes about a product? Well, I mean, think of it like whenever you're, you have a PowerPoint. You want to be able to go through it. I mean, you don't want to be keep, keep looking back at that PowerPoint and being like, well, this is product A, and it's a great product because of this, this, and this. Um, and you don't want to spend too much time on talking about yourself either. 
Um, like you want to spend about one to two minutes talking about the company overview, the mission and the accomplishments, the values, stuff like that. But you want to get into your client challenges, your pains, and then the products that answer those um, and what your company provides. And then at the last, you want to spend about four, four minutes on that. Um, and then the last part is just what makes you unique, um, you know, and why it kind of kind of just close it out at that point. Um, but we had to go through that uh, in the first week, you know, just yeah. just understanding everything like that. So you said you had to do this in a week. How do you even prep for something like that? How do you as a first time employee, you know, you have to do this by the end of the mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. How do you even prep and get ready and prepare yourself? So I, 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 I everyone's unique. Um, I found that the best method for me uh, was just to write everything down. I, I wrote it down con- constantly, said it out loud, walked around the room, paced, went outside, just kept repeating it in my head. Um, you know, for other people, they, they you know, you, you could have a photographic memory and you look at, you know, what yeah, you need to say nice? <laughs> and uh, you're like, OK, got it. You know, and then you just go from there. But I had to sit down look at the material and I knew I had a deadline. I knew that if I didn't get it by the end of the week, I wasn't going to make the cut. Um, so that, that, that amount of pressure too, um, also has, has a great deal with it. Were you really given like that, that strenuous of a deadline? Like, were you really going to be gone if that didn't work out? Maurice did, did tell me, he's like, look, you're going to be doing this in front of the president of the company, you know, everyone, myself, everyone else, all of your peers. And if you don't get it, Less you know, than two weeks being at this job, you're going to be in front of the president of the company one giving week. this. One my week. goodness. One week. <laughs> one oh week. My, what was the first, how soon did you come to your biggest obstacle in this process and what was that? How did you get through whatever it was? The biggest obstacle was understanding what to, what was necessary to be said and what was not. Um, there were some things that, you know, I would want to, I would, I've written down, but it was, those things were tripping me up. So it was finding your own groove to where you knew in your head, um, okay, if I once I say this, then I lead into this. And there's the, all the meticulous things. If you focus and overthink on those things too much, it'll trip you up. Um, thankfully for me, I used to do um, speech and debate when I was in high school, and learning a learning a speech wasn't you know something that weighed on my mind too heavily. And what about the, I heard that these twenty second elevator speeches? It's not just one, right? No, uh, you do one for each and every product um, because at that point, um, that strategy is think of it like you're in an elevator, or you meet someone on the street and they ask you, "What do you do?" You have twenty seconds to catch their attention. If you go on, if somebody you know came up to you and gave you a twenty minute speech about, "Yes, this is what I sell," I you know, or told you about how great their job was, you, you're gonna tune out. But you have 20 seconds to catch that person's attention and then also make them feel that pain and want to get in contact with you to answer that. Are we going to put you too much on the spot if we ask you to give us a 20-second elevator speech? No. Uh, so, for example, um, data recovery, uh, which is one of the, the services that my company provides. Um, basically, what I'll tell people is like, you know, whenever you go to back up your phone and you plug in your phone or you lose all sorts of pictures or you get a new phone and you go to download all the pictures off that old phone, but they're not there because you didn't update your backup. That's what we do. We make sure that we always update your backup and that you're constantly reminded so there's no um, confusion and, and nothing's a surprise. So that's, that's essentially you, wanna, you, want someone, you want something that someone can relate to. They think about it and they're like, oh, yeah, I, do, I have experienced that. I do remember when I got that new phone and I lost all those pictures and I had to 
I had to go, you know, go without it. I had a blank phone, and now I, don't, I do. I have an old Galaxy that has pictures of um, of a vacation that I'll never get back uh, because I did I didn't update my cloud. So after doing the whole eight minute speech, the twenty second elevator, mm-hmm. all of that, how do you think that prepared you to be the employee that you're now are and still becoming? So I'm not afraid of talking to someone about a product. Uh, they, you know, I'm not. I know that I know my product. I know it well enough to I can sell it to you. Um, first responder, a monitoring system. You have data recovery. We could do hardware and software solutions. Anything like that, I'm not afraid to talk to someone about. And there's if there's no hesitation in 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 my explanation of that product. So I can sell that each and every product confidently. I know my product, and I know the company and the accomplishments and the mission. So I feel as if that preps you uh, for any kind of question. That you, that you may run into. For sales reps listening to this, people who might be getting ready to go through the week that mm. you went through when you started, what would be some tips, some suggestions to kind of make sure they are ready for what they're about to go through? Again, don't overthink it. Um, overthinking it, I feel as if that that's something that, you know, everyone falls victim to. Um, if you look, it's a lot of material. Um, you know, if, if you have 100 products that you're needing to sell, you're, you're looking at pricing and stuff like that. First week, you want to be able to present the product, you know, uh, l- focusing on the minor details um, and becoming too technical can overwhelm you. Uh, so try not to get overwhelmed. Try to, you know, box everything up, you know. Uh, so company overview, you, you know, you have one to two minutes. Time yourself. You know, timing yourself is important because you don't want to you don't want to go overtime. So time yourself in the one to two minutes. Can you get through the company overview, the mission, the accomplishments, the values? Can you get through that in the first two minutes? And then now you're talking about the pains. You know, so if, if, if you can do that and, and kind of box off everything and compartmentalize, then I think you'll be fine. But don't overthink. Don't don't overwhelm yourself by looking at a big a big screen, you know, and oh, there's so much to do. If you if you compartmentalize it, I, I think you'll be fine. Well, if you were to be dropped into a different field, something mm-hmm. that isn't like at Gulf South, mm-hmm. and you had to build a whole another eight minute speech, what would be the first thing that you have to start with? First thing that I would have to start with is going to be uh, give me the company overview. You know, so I know know what kind of company it is. I know what the values are, um, and once I get through that, now I have products, and that's. That's probably what you're going to spend most of the time with because that's that's all you're working with. You know, the company value, company overview, that's great. But as a salesperson, your main job is to know the product to sell it. Um, so I think that's that's one of the first obstacles you, you're going to want to tackle. Um, if I was to drop into another company, give me the product. Let me know. Let me learn it. Let me know it um, as well as I can. And within the first week, I should be fine. You know, um, pricing and all that other stuff, that'll come. You know, that'll come, but I, products, that's first and foremost a thing you need to take care of. Do you find that you're at a point now where you've got your all of your speeches under your belt, or do you still find you have to kind of bring those out of the chest every day and work with them more? I, you know, I think a, a, a prideful person would say, yeah, I got it under the belt. But, you know, if I'm being human, um, everything, every day is a tweak. You know, you, you find out what works, you talk to someone and they react a certain way. Uh, you go to a B&I, you meet with people, you give your, your 20 second elevator. It's not even 20 seconds. It's more like you introduce what you do. You have one liner and you let them know, Hey, this is what I do. And 
admit you make them feel that pain in that one line and you work on that and you tweak it to each person um and as and i'm sure maurice has talked about conforming that to each and every personality you want to have a 20 second elevator speech for each and every personality um if we really want to get into it um so if you want to be a d you want to get through that quick you want to be action action oriented but if you want someone that is a little bit more detail oriented you want to you want to kind of tailor it to that um so i think that's the biggest thing is like you you're always you're constantly improving you know i'd be lying to myself if i said that i i, I didn't practice that um, and that it wasn't a goal. So, well, there are going to be some people that probably won't make it past this week, this intense mm-hmm. week that we're talking about. What before people go into this? What personality trait would you say they need to work on before going on this endeavor? Be humble. Um, don't come into it. You know, my my the job that I had before this, I sold thirty thousand dollars in my first my first month. You know, uh, of you know, and that that was just coming off green, no training, nothing, just going around, um, just an outside sales rep going to different different businesses and trying to sell to consumers. So that um, be humble and be willing to learn, um, and be honest with yourself. You know, um, but then as Mari said, be hungry, be you know that you want it. That was Spencer Lachale. Thank you very much, Spencer, for coming in and talking to us. Let's get Maurice Velasquez back in here. What we need to do is kind of wrap it up into the that magic moment that matters, and that is the discovery meetings. We've hired the right person, right, because we're talking sales, bringing on salespeople, all right, and how to help them become great sales reps so that they help you miss the business move forward. So we've trained the right people. I mean, we've, we've, we've hired the right people. We're training them correctly. You guys just heard it. I thank you so much for the great interview you guys who did with, with, with Spencer. <laughs> no, uh, he made it sound like it really is. It's, uh, it's quite a workout that you put him through in the first week. It is, but he's reaping the benefits. Did he, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's sitting on proposals. We heard like, wasn't it $30,000 pretty soon into him starting? Actually, it's closer to 40, 45. Wow. Okay. And um, and yeah, but it's because he's been doing it. He's, yeah. been, he's been following the process. All right. But what we need to talk about now is really what's called the magic moment. OK, the magic moment is when, uh, for example, uh, uh, a couple go out. Uh, somebody says, hey, um, uh, would you like to go on a second, you know? in a a second uh, 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 date or better yet when the guy and the gal have uh, they've dated for a while and he decides to reserve the central the 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 basketball court at halftime and go propose how sure does he need to be that she's going to say yes probably pretty sure i mean no no no. how sure oh no he needs to be 100 percent sure i'm sorry he needs to be a hundred percent sure, or so, else it's so gonna be bad. That magic moment needs yeah. that needs to be flawless, right? Yeah, exactly. And so when that happens, is because the couple have had the necessary conversations to where all you have left to do is what? Say yes. That's it. That's all he has to do is ask. That's it. That's the magic moment, right? That's when the the sales rep puts a proposal out, and most sales reps have not had the conversations necessary with clients. For the client to say what? Yes. 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 And it's at that moment where the prospect tells you the eight or nine reasons why they can't do business with you because you didn't talk about it before. So they'll bring it up at that moment. And sure enough, 
the sales rep has been telling the sales manager, oh, it looks good, it looks good, it really is and this, but the sales manager hasn't made sure, well, have you asked about this? Have you asked about this? Have you talked about this? Have you said, and sales reps are afraid to go there. They assume too much. They read the website, so they gay, so they tell the sales manager, well, they want to do this when they really didn't talk about it. And most importantly, they didn't ask the questions necessary, open-ended questions, to let the prospect be the one that talks about it. Yeah. It's one thing for me to say, so I hear that you have a lot of needs here because you guys are very disorganized and you guys need a lot of management training, right? And all you say is, yes. there you go. Yeah. And then I go back and tell my sales manager, well, yeah, we talked about their pains and needs. No, you didn't. You talked about it. You got them to say yes or no. Then you moved on to something else. So how, how do you dive deeper to really get at what their real pains and needs are beyond that? Well, let me say this. The answer to that is you have a conversation about it to where the person, the prospect, is the one talking about it. And then you interview them just like you guys are interviewing me and you're asked questions that make them talk more about their pain and their need and you let them feel it. Because if they spend 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes with you telling you all their pains and their needs, do you think they're spending this much time with somebody else? Yeah, exactly. And it kind of comes back to, especially if they're, you're trying to buy into their product. Right. You might know their product. You might think you know everything about it, but nobody knows it better than the person right. who owns it. So, it's their baby. So what the sales reps, they're, what, what happens is this, and this is, uh, is they're taught these products, right? All right, go make phone calls. Go sit in front of clients. And the first thing they do is they say, well, let me tell you about these products. I learned an eight-minute elevator speech, an eight-minute speech. Let me tell you about all we can do. And they call that a meeting. No, you train. That's not the way to do it. Okay? You train sales reps on how to be subject matter experts on the products in that eight-minute speech so that they don't have to use it. It's a reverse psychology thing. I go into a meeting knowing all my products and knowing everything I know about my company so that I can focus now all my attention on what? Doing a pony and horse and pony show? No. Showing my product? No. Simply coming and asking and saying, what are your needs? What do you need? Remember, we talked on the phone for about two minutes and I told you a little bit about our company. Yeah. From what we talked about, what caught your attention that you might, that, that you might, want to talk. And I've had many prospects say, well, I don't know. You're the one that set up the meeting. Okay. Well then we do data backup. Okay. Uh, do you have any issues with data backup? No, I don't. Well, okay. Then we also talked about, uh, your servers. How often are your servers down? Oh, well, man, they'd go down a lot. Okay. But what's your response time? Ooh, man, my response time. Gosh. Yeah. So wait a minute. You talking about more than two hours? Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. So you're dealing with more than two hours. Okay, a ballpark can even go through. Does it go over the weekend sometimes? Okay, what's that costing you? Oh, well, yeah. It's just, well, how often does that happen? See, I'm interviewing you. Yeah. So you're okay. just teaching a sales rep exactly how to pick a potential client's brain. Exactly. exactly. So so the thing that, that, that I coach Spencer on is know, master, your sub, master your products, okay, in that first week. Master your activity calling, okay? Get meetings, but then immediately, the third or fourth week, we spent an enormous amount of time teaching him how to interview and how to be quiet and how to ask questions and how to have a 30, 45-minute, 60-minute conversation to where the client feels like, man, this guy knows his stuff. But they weren't the ones talking. They got you to talk. 
And the prospect loves that because they feel like, huh, they listened. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is when prospects find sales reps that they can talk to like that, they're building trust. They're building camaraderie. And you're getting closer and closer to the sale because you're, you're letting them know that it's okay to open up with them. So a good tactic is for the sales rep to say, well, great, listen, um, I've got a lot of information. I still got about nine other questions. you mind if we, if we meet like Thursday or perhaps next week and we can continue? And if the prospect gives you a second meeting, what I tell reps, I say you're 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 you've already you're sold. It's sold. You just need to get you just need to have the patience to go through the process. And so what we've done is we've broken it out into nine touch points in those discovery meetings, interview points. So here they are. You ready? Yeah. So everybody, don't write these down if you're in the car. Get them from our website. Download this on podcast. A little self promotion here. So how much time do we have in this in the segment? I want to try to run out. We've got about two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. Oh, when well, we can do this, no problem. Okay. So here's the nine touch points in those discovery meetings, in which the sales reps become extremely good at interview people. Number, I'm going to say them real fast. Ready? Their pain, their needs. Okay. What's the timeline that you want to see something happen? What solution have you thought about that you would like to see implemented? Okay, what have you done in the past? What what are, what what are the solutions have you done in the past? What's worked and not worked, and that includes a, your competitors. What have you done with others? Tell me what you've done in the past. All right, then, who else needs to be in this conversation that impact the decision making? Okay, what's called the decision makers. All right. Tell me a little bit about how you guys make this decision. Do we talk to you, and then do you want me to go talk to purchasing? Do you want me to send paperwork? You have to figure out the internal process, okay? And then um, then the budget, you jump right into the budget, and then finally, the next steps. What, 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 what would you like to see going, going forward in the next couple of weeks? If sales reps know how to have conversations around those nine points, uh, you're, sell, you, you're, you're closing deals, because you're, the client's opening up and telling, and the more they tell you, the more you're moving them to the timeline and the budget, okay? And then they, and then you figure out that I have to go coordinate with other people in your company, and then you bring them all together, and everybody says, hey, this guy's very organized. We've never been handled this way before. This seems like a good deal, and it's incredible, okay? So those are the those are the nine elements, and here's the here's the here's the last. The, uh, the 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 last last things we tell sales uh, owners, sales managers, and sales reps. Okay, you don't put a proposal unless you've gone through all the nine steps in the discovery and you've gotten all your answers. Okay, number two, you don't leave a meeting without setting up the next meeting. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing them all over again. Okay, third, you um, uh, you when you schedule the meetings, you have to agree on the time prior to which is going to be 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, and you have to have the sales reps do a daily activity report and enter their information into the CRM by the end of the day. And finally, every week on Fridays, you sit down and you do have have a sales management meeting, reviewing a very thorough sales management report to check on the activity for the previous week, and then look at what what's coming up in the next two weeks. It has now been a week since our last segment, and Gordy Rush joins Maurice Velasquez to do more talk about training new salespeople. Maurice, you've been talking yeah. sales without me. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, man. You walked out, and I said, well, i got to go sell anyway. So uh, that's what the whole show was last week. It was really good. It was good. I heard it, so I'm running through the doors like, all right, I want to get in. I want to learn. Yep. This is my... Okay. 
this is my background, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say. And so we talk about salespeople coming and getting some training. Let's talk about that training process. Right. See, the first week is the most important part because you have a salesperson that's come in. They've got a lot of energy. And if you don't grab that energy and get them to learn the material because you're so rushed to get them on the phone and get them out there. No, the first week should be saturating them. Okay, into learning about the company, what are the co- the accomplishments of the company, the vi- and cr- the vision of the company, how we w- the products and services we offer, our pricing, and learn how to say that, how to have a talk about that for about eight minutes, to where if I went up to your new new sales rep, let's say you hire him on a Monday, right? By Thursday, by Wednesday or Thursday, that same week, we I should be able to go to your new, new sales rep and say, hey, tell me about guarantee. And they should be able to say, well, man, yeah, let me tell you about guarantee. And then for the next eight minutes, you can tell that they've, they've practiced. And here are the points that they've learned from a script that you give them. You give okay. them about a fortune paper. Number one, company overview. Let me tell you about the guarantee. And you talk a little bit about the history of the company. Okay? Our mission, and vi- our mission, vision, and values are these. Okay? Then the third point is, let me tell you the accomplishments of guarantee. So you right there, you're up to about two minutes. Right. Okay? Then you say, well, the thing that Guarantee is really good at, we work with clients who are looking or who are looking to meet these challenges in their business. And these are the prime these are the four primary challenges that we help with clients. Number one, number two, number three, number four. Well, right there, you're up to about five minutes in the right. presentation. Okay? And the, and then you move into the fifth point of the of the presentation is is well the way that we serve as those those challenges are the following we provide this we provide this we provide this we provide this <coughs> right there you're at six minutes yeah okay and we offer the following products and then you give a quick list of the products that you have and let me tell you about the team that we offer we have a tremendous group of producers board ops let me tell you a little bit about some of them you're about to eight minutes already Okay, and then let me tell you real quickly to finish off this presentation, the process that we use, how we can get started with you as a client. See, if a, if a sales rep can learn how to say all that in their first week, how good are they going to be when they go once they go talk to them? Well, my first thought is this is something that they're gonna they're gonna keep with them the rest right. of their sales career because they won't lead with this. In, no, but no, this no, is right. something that that's they'll right. be able to uh, at some point after you you hear. But, you hear that, and we'll get to that. You're going you're gonna to need to grab on some part of that. Maybe that's, not all eight minutes, but some part of it. Absolutely. That, that's right. I think the point you made, let's park ourselves there. For, yeah. uh, for, you said you don't lead with that. I, uh, something I said last week was that you, you teach them this eight-minute speech mm-hmm. so that they don't have to use it. Okay. Uh, I, I understand, yeah. and I love it. You, Let me ask you this. Do you recommend that they do this in front of whole staff? Oh, What's man. the audience? The audience on the, on the fifth day, mm-hmm. it's huge presentation. Right. The owner of the company, the bosses, managers, some peers, and make it a really big thing. And they have one shot to mess up and then another shot to do it. So it's a real graduating thing. I get so you. when they do that eight-minute speech, man, everybody realizes, all right, they did it. And the cool thing about it is that now that you know they have that, now they can worry about the most important thing when they're in front of their client, and that is to ask questions, okay. not to do a presentation. You know, So it, so what we try to tell new, new, new employees New sales reps is get do a little bit on Monday, do a little bit on Tuesday, go practice with your supervisor, go practice with peers. Then on Thursday, 
try a little formal, but then Friday's the big day. This is really not a whole lot different than a public speaking class. No, You're going to come it in. Really here's is. the That's right. Here's a regiment. Let's see you. We're going to throw you out there and see how you do. All right, right. Let's move to yeah. the elevator speech, 22nd yeah. elevator speech. You like this. I love this. The elevator speeches, I'm I'm fairly flexible when I say, okay, if it can't be done in 20 seconds, you got to be able to do it within 40 seconds, okay, because 20 seconds is very tight. The idea is you're in the eighth floor of a building. You talk to somebody and say, so what do you do? You have until the first floor to say something. Gotcha. All right. So your 20-second elevator speech has to be impacting enough to where the person says, hmm, can I have your card? Right. Or interesting. Right. So the way you break it down is this. Most people use an elevator speech. Let me tell you real quickly about what I do for a living. That's not a, that's not a good elevator speech. Okay. A good elevator speech, you think about two things but only talk about one. Okay. <laughs> okay? Right? The two things you think about is <clears throat> what is the one product I'm going to talk about in this 20-second elevator speech? And that's the one you don't say. You go to point number two is what's the pain that I'm fixing with this product? So let me give you an example. Yep. Let's say that I'm I'm a I'm a sales rep and I sell servers. Uh, 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 I'm an IT. I'm an I sell IT services. Okay. And I take care of your servers coming back up quickly in case they go down. So if you ask me, so what do you do? I do not say, well, I take care of servers and I work for an IT company. Uh-huh. I don't, that's what I don't say. That's, but I know right. the product that I'm going to pitch to you is is servicing servers. Right. Okay, so I think of the pain. What's the pain that I know you feel back at the office regarding how I could fix? Oh, it? time lost offline. Exactly. Right. So my 20 second elevator speech is I ask a question or I make you feel the pain. So it kind of, it kind of goes something like this. You ask me, um, hey man, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, you know, um, whenever those servers go down. How does that feel? You know, time loss. Yeah. Right. And that person goes, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, see, that's what I fix. Got you. Understand. You so see, let's go through. So, no, so, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a couple of samples uh, of of, uh, of how this sounds in a, in a real-life situation. One of our sales servers that we trained just recently, yeah. we recorded him because he actually would send me copies of how he was doing it, and I would tell him good one, bad one, good one, until he mastered the model, and then he got some pretty good meetings out of it. Let's listen to one one sample right now. Is that all right? All righty. Hey, Maurice, this is Spencer. I was told I should talk with you, but let me know if I should speak with someone else. I'm with Gulf South Technology Solutions. We're a local Baton Rouge-based IT company. Um, you know whenever your network goes down and it takes about three to five business days for IT to get out to you and get you back up and running, that's where we come in. Plus, we monitor the network so we can prevent it from happening again. Give me a call, uh, 337-945-0900, and I can talk to you about the other IT services we provide. I'll call you in a couple days. Thanks, Maurice. Have a great day. Boom. All right, very good. Yeah. So what do we learn from that? Okay, so for that one, what we learn is that he either, the person that answered the phone or the voicemail that he got was probably an extrovert. Did you notice how yep. his, he was a little chipper? Now, when you listen to the second one, you'll notice that the person he's talking to or the voicemail, he's it's a much calmer introvert. So watch, same call, but a lot calmer in an introvert manner. Let's listen to this one. Hey, Maurice, this is Spencer. I was told that I should talk with you, but let me know if I need to speak with someone else. I'm with Gulf South Technology Solutions. We're a local Baton Rouge-based IT company. You know, whenever your network is down and it takes about three to five business days to get IT to you and back up and running, that's where we come in and help you. We provide continuous insight into your network so we can reduce the number of network failures. We also identify, report, and resolve issues in real time. 
please give me a call, 337-945-0900. like to meet with you and discuss system failures, how often they happen, and what kind of support you're getting. I'll call you in a couple of days. Thanks, Maurice. Have a great day. Bye. Got you. So he actually made an adjustment through the call. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so he has six products that he sells, so he has to learn how many cold calls. Got you. Twelve. Yeah. One for extrovert, one introvert, and he practices. I'm not lying to you. When we were training him that week, he must have called me and left over 30 samples on my voicemail, practicing on my voicemail, and I would send those back to him, the ones that I approved. And then he would listen to those over until he mastered them. And he said, all right, I got my 12. And then he started making phone calls. And he was tremendously successful. So break this down for me. What are the keys? Give me a, give me a, give me a handful of keys. You've talked sure. about your 20. We, we thought about the product. You speak to the pain. To the pain. Uh, other keys that, 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 that you believe in that space. That, that your 20-second elevator speech, you're trying to create <clears throat> interest. Mm. Okay? So um, one of my competitors... Uh, I heard her do a 20 second elevator speech, and she was fantastic. She said, They said, All right, so her name is Carol. Carol, what do you do? And I was you know, anxious to see how she handled it. She said, You know that thing that you always go back home and complain about at the dinner table at the office, how they don't listen, and it's really, we can't get along and all that? Yeah, you, you guys ever feel that? And she made the whole crowd said, Yeah, sounds like my office. And then she got quiet for a second. She said, Well, that's what I fix. Got you. Call me. My name is Carol. And, she gave, and we were all like, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And that's it where I elder, saw right. it in such a real element. I go, no wonder I can compete against her, because she creates pain and she gives confidence that she can fix it. So the second thing is, it's got a call to action. Mm-hmm. The call to action is, give me a call. Let me give you my business card. How about set up a meeting? You don't go into horse and pony show. Let me tell you all that I do. And you know, don't ask for the business. And, and the more you talk, right. the less you're selling. Gotcha. So a cold call's got to. Focus on a product, but you don't mention the product because then you turn it into into a, a, a presentation. You speak to the pain. You find some creative way to get the attention, and then you simply call to action. All right, Team Real World. That is Maurice's organization. What do we got going on right now? How can we oh, help man. people? Uh, listen, right now, sales manager, sales reps. If you want to see how to set up your first meeting, your first week on how to train sales sales reps, man, we got a great one day boot camp. We can show you how to train your sales reps awesomely. In, in a one-day boot camp so they can get this ready for the first two weeks. Maurice, uh, probably one of the toughest things, uh, toughest fears for salespeople to get over is that of cold calling. Yes. It's got the lowest closing percentage. Correct. So forth and so on. You don't know the person. You're pushed out of your comfort zone. Right. Yet, everybody that is going to be a great salesperson needs to go through this needs process. To go, and So let's make it very clear. It's not an either-or. Sales reps, in order to be successful, they have to use cold calling as one of the ways to get in. Okay, there's other ways. Networking. Okay, are you going to your breakfast clubs? Are you going to business meetings? Are you going to your BNI groups? Are you meet? Are you going to where people are congregating together? Are you setting up booths at conferences? Mm-hmm. The networking element of it is by far the most powerful. What because it's word of mouth. Right. Okay. Right. So, you, and, and it's meeting people where they're at and being able to talk about what you need, but it's at a human element that cold calling just doesn't provide. Okay. Right. right. So, networking is important. So, when a sales rep, when you hire a sales rep 
and they're not willing to call their friends, their family, the people and the network they have, you hire the wrong person. Right, right. And if they're not already setting up breakfast meetings, going to conferences, seminars, then they're going to waste their time. So you got to make sure your sales rep does networking. Number two, referrals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, or probably some some would argue it is actually the most powerful one is referrals. No question. Uh, you, I used to be a sales rep for company ABC, but now I'm company with DEF. Call your clients as long as you're not violating a company, any non-compete. But hey, look, Bob, I'm over here now. You know, use use your networking to get referrals. Okay, and when you land a deal, ask the client that gave you business for a referral. And, and then, you know, we just that's, don't do that enough. It's the and the sad thing, Maurice. It has the highest closing percentage it if is. you were to do cold calls. Even somewhat inbound. Sure. There's nothing stronger than a referral and say, hey, Madison referred you over here and said that this would be great That's for right. you. That's right. If and But yet, salespeople don't ask a question. It's an easy question. I love to talk to sales reps. They tell me, I hate making cold calls. And I said, so then you must be doing a good job networking and, and referrals. Well, no, I'm not. Then you love cold calling. Right. <laughs> because you got to do it one way or the you other. Gotta, yeah, so right. if you don't want to do cold calling, then you better use the other ones that are warm. And you and I have done business together. Sure. You've introduced me to people. I've introduced you to people. Right. And it's and it's just feels so awesome when somebody brings you to the table and you didn't have to cold call them. No. And you walk in and it's already a warm relationship. It's like, oh, man, that's heaven raining money down. It's, it feels so good, oh, but yes. we don't play that enough, so then we're left to cold calling, and because we don't do a good job cold calling, we mess that up too, and then sales are bad, and you wonder, why did I hire this person? Because they're not organized. No, they're not no, organized. no. And, and, you know, I think the psychology of cold calling is such that uh, you've got to, and I think where I got comfortable with it, I'll tell you, the first year I sold, I'd go in before I went in on calls, and I had vodka. Yeah, well, it helped me get through. Here, give me a little vodka, and I had that liquid courage. Rolling, you're not right? Driving, right? I don't recommend that <laughs> That's anymore. Right. That's yeah, not in the team real world plan. Yeah. Uh, team real world's disclaimer is we that do we do not, not require alcohol. <laughs> but it, I, I think what got me over the hump was this: is that you know, most professions, ninety percent of them, people at some point are going to tell you no. Oh yeah. Okay. And no is not a no to Maurice or Gordy. Yeah, it's, it's a no yeah. to for a lot of reasons. Don't take it personally. Right. And it's a law of averages. It's a bad average. If you hit 200 or if you hit 150, yeah. that's what that's what it's going to be. Then, it's, and a it's, no it's a, it's a, is it's a number closer game. to a yes. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a number game. And the more right. you do it, the more you, you mess up, the more you practice. All right, so let's break it down. Let's break it down. Okay. So the purpose of a cold call is not to sell on the phone. The purpose of the cold call sure. is to. So if you go the normal approach of how people regularly do cold calls, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. You have to use a lot of reverse psychology. So here's some of them. First of all, you have to be okay with the fact you're going to make a lot of calls. Secondly, you're going to get a bunch of voicemails. And third, you're going to be talking to a lot of receptionists. So with the receptionist, don't try to go around the receptionist. One of the fastest way to get a receptionist to help you is to ask for help. Hi, I'm looking for Gordy. Uh, who is this? You know, and they're going to they're gonna stall you because right. that's her job. Or, hi, I'm looking for the general manager, a guarantee. Is he, is he or she available? Uh, I'm not sure. See, you don't get anywhere with that. The best tactic is ask for help. Guarantee reception answers. Welcome to Guarantee. And I go, hi, how are you? Uh, who, who am I speaking with? Uh, my name, hey, this is Judy. Judy, <coughs> hi, listen, I don't know who to call. I don't even know who to talk to. And I certainly don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to keep you in line. Can you point me in the right direction? Um, who should I call? And you tell them. And guess what most receptionists do at that point when you approach it that way? Oh, they'll help you. 
They'll help you. Because it makes their job easier. They right. want a second call. Right. right. So they'll transfer me to someone's voicemail. Then I call the receptionist back. Hey, I got their voicemail. Do they normally reply or should I wait? Oh, honey, they ain't never going to return your right. phone call. Well, let me ask you this. Who else then should I call? And they'll tell you. <laughs> hey, you know, I think it's funny. So many people, hey, what's the best way to get in touch yeah. with you? Email me. That, that's right. And if the receptionist would just, if they would ask the receptionist, send them an email. Right. So we know when we call, when, when we do cold calls, we're going to get receptionists and we're going to get voicemail and we don't use that. Yeah. So that's how you would do, that, that's how you would get receptionist help. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so when you ask for help and now all of a sudden you end up talking to the person that you, and they answer the phone. Right. Okay. All right. If you're listening to anything, this hit right here is the magic sauce. Okay? I hope don't miss it. All right? No, I got you. Gordy, let me ask you this question. Yes, sir. Whenever you get a call and you can't tell who it is and you take the risk of answering and you find out it's a sales rep, what is the first thing, what's the most normal thing they do when you answer the phone? They start talking about themselves. And they just keep going. Right. right? And you realize I am now stuck with the oh, yes. right? How and can you, I get off? And, and now, what are you doing? I'm trying to get off the phone. How do you feel? Well, I, how, how is that? I feel good? like this is my day. It's my time. I accidentally took this phone call exactly. and now I'm stuck. And now you are not highest and best use of my time. Right. And now you now have this hostile thing. Oh, sure. Because I've invaded Working your space, against you. right? right? And sales reps just keep using that same method. And you know how I get off the phone? How? Send me an email. That's which hilarious. gets you back, to, it gets you back to the first yeah, that's part. That's right. So don't ever do that. Right. If I get the Gordys of the world on the phone, all right, here's what I say. Hey, Gordy, this is Maurice. I know you're not expecting this call. And yes, this is a sales call. It won't take more than two and a half to three minutes maximum. Is right now a good time for me to take no more than three minutes of your time? Tell you about the company. If you're interested, we'll talk. If not, I'll sure. leave you alone. I feel better. I'm going to say no or yes. Hey, you know, Maurice, no. Yeah, I've got time. Or no. Exactly. Can you shoot me an email? We'll exactly. find another time. I'll look see, at it. I right. have to assume you're going to stall me anyway. Right, right. So go ahead and stall me. Right. But we're friends. Right, right. Half the time. I could say 40% of the time when I use it, I use that tactic a lot. Most of them either give me another time to have that meeting, that conversation, sure. or a lot of them say, sure, go ahead, tell me. And then I move into my, my gotcha. next step. Gotcha. I like that. All so right? permission. So permission. So you ask permission. Then they say, okay, yeah, go ahead. You've already wasted 30 seconds. A lot of them <laughs> do that. You know, hurry up. You're down to 20 seconds. All right. Well, right there, when they say, sure, what do you do? You use your elevator speech. <coughs> okay. Hi, I'm Maurice. I'm, a, I'm with Team Real World. Right. And what we do is we help coach, we, we manage managers. We help coach managers to help them become better leaders and open communication between executives and managers. Is that something that I could talk with you about and meet with you later? And then you what? You set the meeting. You're you trying set to set up. You, you be quiet. Oh, you're you quiet. Up. Right, right. And then you just you're trying to create an elevator speech. That's right. So you just shut up, and the person goes, "Uh, no, I don't think we need any of that." Mm -hmm. And then I'll say something like, "Okay, well, since I still have 90 seconds left, yeah, let me ask you this." How are you taking care of that right now? Well, I, I, I don't you see, but you got right, you, you, right. You, but now we're having a conversation. And 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 the goal is you have to get yourself out of that call within three minutes because that's what you promised. You say, look, look, I, I'm keeping you too long. Would you be okay? It's obviously we might be able to have something to talk about. Would it be okay if you and I set up something next week for Tuesday, ten thirty for about forty five minutes and let's talk. Yep. You talk it. And then be quiet and wait for a yes or a no. And then that's the essence of your cold call. That's it. You know, that's it. So that they know that you respected their time, you were clear, they know what they're into, you don't apologize that it's a sales call, 
and you're being very upfront with them. Look, I just need to know. No, I like that approach. In this area, if not now, great. Let me ask you this: Is it reasonable to assume that perhaps eight months from now I could call you? Might have a problem. Uh, you know what? Don't call me. Okay. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. No. No, that's no, fine. it's fine. But you've told no, and you can move and on and scratch that off the list. Res- I respected your entire. I respected the person sure. because I respected your time. Because the worst thing you get is a maybe or something like that, and what you've right. wasted your time, and and you can move on. And again, it gets you to Gordon, those one or two that you're going to close. Approaching it like this, I can't tell you right. how many bi- opportunities open because a human contacted a human tree, like a human. They go, okay, well, you know what? All right, yeah, I'll talk to you. You know what? Let's let's talk for seven minutes right now. All right, well, let's talk. What if you get a ton of voicemails? Oh man, use them. Use the voicemail. Listen to the com- listen to the to the personality. Speak to him. Say, "Hey, Gordy, how are you? I was told that I, you were the person I should call. Listen, don't call me back. I'll call you in a couple of days. My name's Maurice. Uh, I do coaching for managers. Uh, I help your people increase communication, and more than anything, I help your teams get aligned. We're very effective. Websites teamerworld.com. But don't worry about calling me. I'll call you back. Right, in a couple right, days. right. Boom. Leave one message. Three days later, I call you. I get your voicemail. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Hey, did you get... Did hey, you, man, you probably didn't listen to right. the voicemail. Don't worry about it. Listen, we have a workshop coming up gotcha. in about two weeks, December the 7th. I want to invite you to come. And so your voicemail becomes my radio station. Right. And, and the worst thing you, you can... Right. No, your I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. But you, I leave you little tips <clears throat> of commercials. And just little things, little, little nuggets. Yeah. But I, I love your approach that you're not expecting a callback because you're no, not going to get I'm one. I'm not going to get one anyway. Right, right. And then but, if I find your email, I'll shoot you an email and I'll back up what I said. Listen, I sent, you an, I sent you a voicemail about a workshop coming up. You make a lot of fun with it and the person feels that you're, you're being very genuine. My friend Gordy Rush has stepped out. He wanted to go do some sales. So it's back with me in the microphone. However, I have with me in studio a uh, great friend of mine. His name is Chris King. Chris, welcome welcome on board. Good to have you in the studio with us. Great to be here. And so what we're going to do in this segment is have a really good conversation about Chris King, what he does, talk about leadership, uh, talk about uh, the different uh, the different companies and different organizations he, he handles, and just have mm-hmm. a good conversation. Uh, Chris, our audience is executives, managers, uh, staff members, and our show, as you know, is winning the workplace. It's talking about how we can get ahead. And so any discussions that we have about uh, tips and tricks and insights about leadership, I really appreciate you coming and talking about that. So Glad to be here. Uh, let's start off with, with sure. um, uh, tell, tell us about yourself and uh, uh, what you're all about. Sure. So uh, first of all, thanks for having me. My name is Chris King, and uh, tell you a little bit about what I do professionally. I am the managing partner. Uh, uh, one of the managing partners of a company called Next Level Solutions. We, uh, we support small businesses in three primary areas in technology, finance and accounting, and human resources. Uh, without getting too deep into each of those areas, um, that's kind of a, a high-level sure. okay. overview of what we do. Same again. So uh, technology, technology, specifically okay. with software selection and implementation, okay. and also uh, we're a full-service IT shop. Good. Networks right. and servers, workstations, and servers so forth. Down, Hardware. Ups, yeah. Okay, the, the, uh, and then under finance and accounting, we uh, we're not a uh, we're not a tax prep firm. Okay. We are a firm that works inside companies to provide everything from a CFO level resource down to an administrative level resource. So some of our clients were the entire accounting department. Mm-hmm. Some of our clients we just do some um, we may oversee and kind of work with their staff fill in the gaps wherever wherever they need us and how we can best support them. And then from a human resources perspective, some training, audit compliance, um, compliance audits, and works um, 
job descriptions, compensation plans, hiring and um, screening employees and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So so just kind of working with small businesses in, in those areas. And uh, so that's what our company does. And then also I am the uh, president and co-founder of the Cajun Army, which is a 501c3 that was formed after the the uh, the great was flood, the, flood? Of, yeah. the great right. no name flood of 2016. OK, you got you got to spend 30 seconds. You got to tell you got to tell everybody how you got started. <laughs> the little short story you had. You had somebody to go rescue. And go ahead. yeah, we uh, we two clients from Morgan City brought up two borrowed boats and we went and rescued some um some people that that are team members of of next level solutions and just your employees very special yeah. employees yeah. to 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 me and to us and uh we went and we went and traversed that that flooded Amit river from port vincent to denham springs and got in and got the two elderly two toddlers six adults uh and uh wow. three dogs and a pile of bags and two little boats and it was a pretty treacherous journey but through that we saw all the de- all of the devastation right and um when you learn a little bit more about me you'll know that i have a ministry background mm-hmm. and i just knew there were a lot of people in pain and the three of us decided we wanted to do something more and that kind of manifested in itself into something called the cajun army which is now a massive volunteer effort that yeah. has um, it's touched thousands of lives. We're at we're actually still actively operating in Texas, in two locations. We've uh, we were active at, in North Carolina after Hurricane Matthew, and here in Louisiana, we made some other responses to some tornadoes in Georgia and and um, the Tennessee wildfires and. So it's it's been quite a journey. That's great. So that, 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 that's incredible. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your mm-hmm. service. Um, so um, uh, that's how you got into the the, the, the Cajun Army. Tell tell me um, what what got you into next level solutions and why? Well, why? How did you get into that? Sure. So I'm a I'm a uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Really, kind of started at the age of twelve when I when I would take old scrap bicycles and refurb them and sell them to kids in the neighborhood <laughs> and finance them and repossess them when they couldn't pay the bill and refurb them and sell kid, them again. Right? I was that kid <laughs> okay. always trying to find a way to, um, to, to, to be an entrepreneur. So always had a passion for it. Uh, in my early twenties, uh, early to late or mid to late twenties, I started a business. It really didn't know what I was doing, failed miserably. And uh, through, through, I could I could write a book on it now, but um, and and of course it have done several other things in business along the way, and now I'm am in a company that I love and that has is doing great, and but it's it's um, taking that that passion for small business and applying it in the marketplace and and taking what not to do and the things the mistakes that mm-hmm. we made and being able to to share that it really kind of goes back to the the heart of ministry uh it's really about just helping other people and trying to to get them uh in a better place than where they so, currently so let me are ask you, you have how many folks you have volunteer and just total headcount ballpark uh in the cajun army the the our group is about twenty thousand people the audience in our in our facebook group which is really the best way we have to measure it but but it's become really more of a movement than an organization there are tens of thousands of people all over the country but as far as 
folks that actually help you organize? About, about how many? Um, 20 to 30. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how many folks do you have at Next Level? We have a little over 20 at this point. Okay. Uh, I, I think we have 22 right when did, now. When did you yeah. start Next Level? So we started five years ago. Okay. Uh, it'll be it'll be five years in April right. is our is our fifth year anniversary. And, um, you know, it's really just boiled down to uh, we, our mission statement is to, to help companies and to help people and leave them better than we found them. And that's really where it all that's really what it's all about. We just want to. Well, it's obvious if Next Level Solutions started five years ago, Cajun Army, 20,000 people audience, 20 people helping you out. Somehow you you have some skill sets about leadership mm -hmm. and organization that, that are just impressive. Otherwise, you know, things like this mm -hmm. don't just happen. Yeah. When you want to, you want to learn about leadership, yeah. go, go lead a team of 30 to 40 people that don't get a paycheck yeah, right. from that, you. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, you know, in the time remaining, let's spend some time yeah, there. Okay. Sure. Uh, leadership skills, you know, they're very lacking. Um, and yet, Something that a lot, a lot of people, if they just knew a little more, so if they could tap into your brain and say, okay, give us some, give us some insight. How do you, how do you understand leadership, yep. do's and don'ts? What would you, what would you have our audience kind of learn from you? In sure. The, the first thing I'll share is what I did in the beginning, which was wrong. Yeah. Well, most <laughs> and, and that was, uh, that led me to failure. Good. Okay. Um, which I learned a lot out of, but, yep. but, um, you don't tell people what to do and just mm. expect that they're going to do it mm. and and uh and have them respect your authority yeah um you know, title and authority doesn't don't carry it it really it really it's been completely ineffective for me and when i when i see people that manage that way it's it's ineffective for mm -hmm. them as well whether they see it or not what has really um what has really to me become effective is is learning that leadership is really about serving the people you mm, lead that's good it's about um having them understand that and really understanding yourself that you're nothing without them mm. you're I mean, more dependent on you're, them you're only you. as good as they make you right right so and, how how, do you, how does that translate into every day how what does that mean um, how, how do you go about making sure that they sure see that some of the some of the the ways that I operate is in uh, people that are on my team number one I, I try to let them know how much I value them I try not to always be right mm -hmm. uh, I try to be human and approachable uh, sometimes I, I I understand that I'm not so approachable but I, I try yeah. to be That's good. That's good. and um, and I want their input people people help support they support a world they help create um, and so you know, to bring when when a decision has to be made or you have to bring about change to hear people, hear what they have to say, hear their ideas and, and to be able to take those objections they may have and kind of handle them much like the yeah. sales process. Yeah, right. Right. And right. and to try right. to, to help them uh, and, and to be willing to hear their ideas and to realize that, you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with your vision, mm -hmm. your your long term picture, mm -hmm. your mission, your vision, your core values. Right. right. That. Sometimes it's okay to just let them do it the way they yeah, want no, to do agree. it. I agree. I think yeah. that I think you make a really good point. Leadership is most often about letting other people's ideas flourish. 
You know, that's really good. I, t- give us, h- how do we contact you? What's your website? How do we get in contact? Sure. With you? So the uh, web web address for Next Level is www.nextlevelsol.net, uh, short for solutions, nextlevelsol.net. Or you can go to www.thecajunarmy.com that's and great. you can sign up to volunteer or you can sign up to uh, to <laughs> ask for help. All right. We got just a few seconds left. Let's tell them real quickly about the, the venture we've started. Sure. Uh, a training workshop. Tell us about that. Yeah, really excited to uh, partner with Team Real World and, and Maurice and his team have been in business in Baton Rouge a really long time, a lot longer than we have in this space and just happy to bring some sexual harassment training to uh, to the Baton Rouge marketplace. It's a hot topic these yeah. days. Our, our presenter that, that is a part of the Next Level team, Carrie Miller, has been doing this for 30 years. And she is just, she's a great presenter, uh, subject matter expert. It's better to do something than to do nothing. You don't want to be caught unprepared. Probably, in my opinion, the most important call part of the sales process is what we call the CNA or the discovery meeting, the the client needs analysis, the discovery meeting. And um, boy, it can make or break you. It, and, it really does. And and if your rep is not buttoned up on this, right. I mean, there's there's this is if you're not buttoned up, it's going to hurt your closing sure. ratio, no Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. So let, let's let's jump right into it. Sure. What are the nine things to talk about in a discovery meeting? All right, the nine things are these. Yeah. What are the needs of the client? Mm-hmm. What is their pain? Very different things. All right. The third thing is. What solution are they wanting to see happen? Okay. The fourth thing is the timeline. When do you want to see this happen? The fifth thing is what have you done in the past to try to fix this? Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. And that right there, yes, sir. They'll start telling you all about all competitors, sure. and you can say, and how much did you pay for that? Oh, we paid too much. Yeah, give me a ballpark. See, now you kind of jump steps. You get the budget, you, but you get a little bit of the budget. And watch when they tell you that, you get out of talking budget. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that's a reverse because psychology thing. they realize, well, whoa, 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 yeah. I just, I just I showed just my showed, cards. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to give them time to save so you get back out and you, and you stay in your lane, right. which is you go back to the number six, which is the decision maker, the juror. So let me ask you, uh, Gordy, um, I really pre- I think we're having a really great conversation. Let me ask you this. Who else in the building do we need to talk to mm-hmm. to make decisions like this? I mean, I, I understand you. I, I met I met Forrest. Right. CFO. Tell me a little bit about his role in the decision-making process. He's a pain in the butt. Uh, well, I, okay. okay. I got, got it. Okay. <laughs> I do remember this. Everybody's got a CFO. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So, so that, that, that sixth item, decision-makers, mm-hmm. again, just clears the air because I know you're not the only person. But oftentimes we don't talk about sure, it, right? Sure, sure. Notice how easily that segued into the seventh, which is the decision-making process. Absolutely. So you ask the sixth and seventh question at the same time. Yeah, they open you their say, hands, so, right. So how many, people, <coughs> how many people are involved in the process? And can you also <coughs> tell me a little bit about your process of how you go about deciding this? Gotcha. Okay, really brings up a lot of stuff. All right, number eight is then you get back into the budget. But if you talk, if you kind of n- mentioned it earlier, you can say things like this: segue. Okay, so can we get back to the budget? Let me ask you: You mentioned to me that you, you that you spend about thirty eight hundred dollars a month with a couple of competitors. Is that your budget? And then you just ask the question. You be quiet, and it, then you open that conversation. My past history is you get either a low ball, oh, yeah. which is most of the That's time, right. That's right. or you'll get the ego high ball. That's right. And where, right. where, where somebody wants and, to, and, oh, we spend a ton of money on Right. It. Okay. And so the, the purpose of each one of these points is to 
open broad and wide and through the conversation you get more details about each one of these steps all right step number nine is what are the next steps going forward right. when is our next meeting right. what would you like to see happen let's agree you do this i do that and gordy these nine steps you follow them in that order okay and the more that you stick to that order the more they're going to be comfortable <clears throat> jumping around, you jump with them, but you bring it back into that order because it's it's it, you, you can tell the the client should be able to tell that you're not grasping and that you're not leaving important things out, and and, and they don't feel like they're getting sold at this process. That's right, you're which not. it shouldn't be sold. And what I love about your nine steps here is that it's all about the client. It is right. It correct. should be all about the client. This is not where you're asking for the order, if. The only time I think in a CNA that I'll talk about our business <clears throat> is if they ask a question. Right. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm not going to volunteer and show my cards. Uh, but, and if you do, it's, <clears throat> it's real short, real short. And, mm -hmm. then, you know, you answer it real short and then get back to it. But you make it about them. As a matter of fact, let me tell you a real quick story. Uh, one of my favorite. I was in the car uh, and my boss, my sales manager, was driving. And so he was listening to me make cold calls. All right. And uh, <laughs> so uh, he asked me to put it on speaker. And he was kind of get, coaching me behind the scenes. He's actually one of the best sales managers and reps I've yeah. ever had. All right. Anyway, so the the client says, I'm, I'm doing a cold call. And they said, well, no, I don't think we have a need for that. Uh, no, I don't want to meet next week. Okay. And I'm sitting there waving at him going, what do I say? Right. What do I say? And then he said, put it on mute. Put it on mute. So I put it on mute. He says, tell them that's not what matters. What matters is you want to get to know them. You want to ask them lots of questions. So when the problem arises, it's top mind awareness. Say oh, that. Oh, that's sharp. That's Isn't good. that sharp? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, uh, and he looked at me and said, say it. Say it. Kind of like, you chicken, say it. And yes. I'm like, uh, it was like one of my first times pulling that line. I'm like, uh, and he says, he looked at me and he gave me that look of death. Unmute that thing and say that. I mean, he wasn't driving. And what are they doing? They're like, hello? Yeah, I know. Hello? <laughs> And so I took it off mute and I said, well, see, but, 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 but Lori, what matters is more importantly is when this issue comes back up again and a current vendor is not taking care of you, I want you to have met me right. and me to have met you in case you ever need me. <clears throat> Let me meet with you. It's not about selling anything. It's about me hearing what you need to see if you ever need me. Can you give me 30 minutes next yep. week? No, no. All Love right. It. Love she it. gives me the 30 minutes and I say, great, Lori, when we meet... I'm going to come and just ask you lots of questions. And these are the questions I ask her. So it becomes a conversation about them, right. not so much about doing a, a, a horse and pony show. Got you. So yeah. when you say talk about, you're really saying you're asking questions and you allow them to talk. Is oh, that yeah. right? So I, let's, 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 let's work from the end backwards. Yes. What happens in sales meetings when the sales manager says, so Maurice, how did it go with that client? How was your, how was your discovery meeting? And I say, oh man, it was great. Man, they told me this, they told me this, they told me that, they told me this, only to find out that what? They didn't tell me this. I said all that yeah. at the meeting. No. Okay? So it's kind of like saying, hey, Gordy, look, I think I'm going to get married. Okay? She said this. She said this. She said this. She said that. Then you kind of meet her be through a f mutual friend, and you find out there's no interest in that girl. And you find out he did all the He does all the no. talking all the time. You know, and, and what we've ta taught our people here at Guarantee is bring it back in writing. Yes. Summarize the call. Notes, right? One of the best things Absolutely. is if you write that down, you show that you're interested. Right. Salespeople, look, are somewhat ADD, so they're not going to remember that stuff. So you're going to get this stuff back. And that way, here, this is this is what I got. Right. And so, I think it so proves the, that you listened. Yes. Yeah, so the sales rep, you're right. The sales rep goes in with a reporter mentality. Yes, yes. 
Great, okay? great analogy. And, and, and the most important thing, after you memorize these, you learn how to ask those questions, it's how to segue between each one of them comfortably. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes, yes. And, and know how to just ha- have a good, comfortable 30-minute conversation. So what do you do the second week when you, when you hire a sales rep? You, we know what we're going to do the first week. Eight-minute presentation, sure. cold calling, right? Practice your call. What do we do the second Oh, we're going to practice this. How many times do you think we oh, practice this? Plenty. Go with him, go with him, hours, go with him. Right. Oh, in 40 hours, right. that person does about 30 discovery meetings with internal employees. Sure. And then you go with me to clients to practice. No, uh, absolutely. Yeah, All right. Now, yeah. I see you left budgets at, at towards the end. It's number eight. What mm-hmm. if someone just quickly asked you about the budget? Oh, it's going to happen. Right. 30% of the population at the decision maker sure. actually is more, probably closer to 40, 60, are high type A personalities, right. dominion influential, that they're not going to wait six minutes. You're trying to have a... Right, right. And they just say, All right, well, how much is it going to cost me? The debate is, do you tell them? My answer is, yeah. He says, oh, well, I mean, if you got, what, you got 12 managers? Yeah, and you need about three-month project. Yeah, it's going to cost you about $4,800. Right. It's just going to be a ballpark range. Is it worth us continuing talking? So and you shut up. You, you try to get that objection out of the way. Yeah, because, see, if someone hits you that up front, that hard, that right. means they're comfortable with strong bantering. Right. So what? I just bantered back. Gotcha. Okay? And you gain more respect. But if you go, oh... A top paid personality right, dominant, right. they hit you hard, and you kind of try to evade that. Man, you're going to lose them fast, and you're, they're not going to feel respected right, at right, all. Right, right, You know, it's uh, so good that, point. Yeah, so it's it's okay. Give them a price ballpark. Right. Yeah. What if they ask you quickly for a quote right away? How about a quote? Uh, oh, like yeah, you're in the middle of conversation. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. let's do this. Let's put your quote. The, the the rule the the rule is this: If you have gone through all these items and you've gotten all the answers about all these, then you can put together a quote. Gotcha. If you know you haven't gotten all the answers, you say, okay, look, I can give you a quote, but can we spend about 10, 15 more? I still got about four more questions I need to ask. Sure. Tell me about your decision-making process. Mm-hmm. You see? So I don't, Gory, I do not, okay, I, I'm sorry, I can't say I always do because I always feel the pressure of, yeah, I'll give you a quote. But the rule is go through all your questions set up a second meeting, ask for an extended period of time in your meeting, get all your questions answered before you commit to doing a quote. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. you give them a quote, guess what excuse It's going to come use. back to the questions you didn't ask. Exactly. Oh, the right. questions you didn't ask, those are the questions. Well, you know what? i got to go talk to my boss. Oh, so there was somebody else involved. Well, you know, I can't do this because I have to send this to France to get a... Oh, so the process. You see what I'm saying? You should have asked. You should have asked. You should have asked. You know, I, I think uh, as we wrap up here... You got to realize people love talking about their business, yeah. so salespeople should not feel uncomfortable with that process. They can learn about this, the sales process, by going to Team Real World. Look at all of our workshops, right. a ton of stuff you can download. Bring your sales sales managers. Come to our one week, one day, two day boot camp for sales managers. We'll show you how to do this and the mechanics of it. One more time, the website is TeamRealWorld.com. TeamRealWorld.com. Sounds great. This is winning in the workplace. Life lessons from the office. Winning in the workplace with the foremost authority on business consulting in Baton Rouge, Maurice Velasquez of Team Real World, and Gordy Rush on Talk 107.3 FM, WBRP.